Radio Free Brooklyn. This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. You know me, the unlicensed therapist that just tries to muck around in people's minds. Um, Anyway, thanks so much for listening and tuning in. And uh, I'm in a really good mood today. I have to tell you, I know the world is falling to pieces. Shit, It's a shit show out there, but... We've got the first hot, sunny day, and I just want to put that on the record. Uh, And uh, so uh, I want to tell you that, you know, and I want to um, remind you that you are listening to this really incredible station, Radio Free Brooklyn. We have over 70 shows. Um, We're a community, a free-form nonprofit, which means that if you donate money, it's tax-deductible. Uh, all that stuff. So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and check us out, check out the shows, check out the merch, check out, check out everything. You know, I just wanted to tell you this really short, this really short epiphany. I don't know if it's an epiphany that I had this morning or whatever, but I was affected. I was affected by a water bug. That's that basically, I just wanted to share this because it really kind of struck me. Like I discovered how I felt and I, so anyway, initially as a as a young person I hated I mean they would freak me out but for some reason I found myself with a water bug and I turned it over and started crawling and it crawled on my hand and I wasn't grossed out and I I felt some attachment to it and then I started I brought it out of the sink and tried to drown it because they're big disgusting bugs you can't have them at home and then I started realizing that I had felt an emotional attachment to this bug and that I didn't want to take the life out of it. And I started realizing how precious life is for some reason. I mean, I guess because I'm getting old. I am old. So what I did was I walked down four flights of stairs and uh, put it out in the dirt and ran away. And I, you know, it almost drowned. And then when when I realized it was okay, I felt really, really much better. And so um, I I'm I'm good. I'm good. So anyway, most importantly, I have these two really cute guys here today on Zoom. Thank God they're on Zoom because you know we have we have very tight. You know we can't. Anyway, but um, they're really they're really uh they're really uh they're charming. No, I I mean they are. They're charming. They're brilliant. They're good looking. They're on they're on Zoom. But um, I'm just going to give you a tiny little uh background, and then I'm going to really try and get get them to tell you who they are but um so their name is there's john blesso he's the he's the one with the dark hair and then they've got the sandy colored guy drew pro shack you it's some uh some um polish name i think anyway um they are both i know john for a long long time we met through a mutual friend he's come to some performances we've had dinner because uh i go to beacon a lot he's now living in beacon and uh newburgh and uh so i know him i would say i know him pretty well um um, I know, I know I'm supposed to say this. We've seen each other naked, which is true. We have seen each other naked, but in a very wholesome performance art, uh, environment. So that's true though. And then Drew is someone I just met. Um, him and John are doing this great storytelling, uh, series together called, uh, The Artichoke. And, um, how am I doing? God, I'm making this so com- 
complicated and they're storytellers and I'm and look at me I'm just but I'm gonna let them tell you but anyway I just met Drew I want to find out more about them and I just want to tell you how fat they I have to tell you um I perform I go to comedies storytelling shows stuff like that and I was really blown away by the quality of the show that I that they that they or produce and perform in in Beacon at the Howland Arts Center. I mean, I'm not kidding, folks. Um, the audience, it was filled with people who were really happy to be there, who were really listening, who paid $20. It's unheard of. A full house of interested uh, audience for 20 bucks listening to great work. I mean, it was unheard. It's unheard of. So that's my recommendation. Um, they have a show coming up. You can go to or buy tickets and see online a special show. Uh, they have like a special thing online at uh, com. The show that they're doing is live in Beacon on May 14th. So uh, I just met Drew. I don't know him as well but we're going i'm boy am i going to find out some shit about about these guys so anyway thank thanks for your patience gentlemen yeah no worries can you hear us okay yeah could be a little louder uh I'll, that's I'll better i could do about that that's better drew that's you sound really good now yeah we'll get closer to the mic here. yeah just get a little closer to the mic <laughs> so they're good they're good so um anyway um i uh you know, made a uh, I made a uh, complicated intro, but take it away. Tell us about how you met in the storytelling show, and tell us what we need to know to get started. John, you do it. You do it because you had it in your head. You had it in your head the story of how right. of how you guys met. I could tell. Well, we have yeah. I mean, we have now like our our famous kind of meet cute, which is that uh, <laughs> we we didn't know each other in at the end of 2018 and we're both simultaneously planning storytelling shows in beacon and there wasn't any such show despite um you know in beacon there's just uh, it's it just it's a city with a rich uh, uh uh cultural life in so many areas so wait let me just say you guys are two dudes and you're both simultaneously planning storytelling shows which is weird and now you're in competition did you go who's that fucker man who's that fucker doing that show that's my what was your first in that reaction uh yes um, <laughs> uh this is my last name is prohaska by the way thank you this is drew this is drew <laughs> i hope you can everybody. tell their names uh and i haven't seen any T- of you naked yet but uh it's anyway. not a problem um, we can fix okay. it um, so I, I was pretty active in the storytelling scene in new york city for about six years um, uh, before I moved up to Beacon and it was, uh, you know, it's a two hour, uh, commute back to the city, uh, each way. So it was, uh, performing in the city got a little, um, tough. So I just walked into the Howland Cultural Center and, um, you know, said, Hey, I want to, I want to start a storytelling show here. And I want to bring all the tellers from the city, uh, up here and, um, yeah. And, uh, I, 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 so they, they, we, they booked a show and then I walked into the dogwood and the, I was talking another about bar, bar, local, bartender. popular local bar and beacon folks. Go ahead. Excellent bar. Um, and, uh, the bartender was like, well, there's this other dude named John Blesso, uh, who's, who's also starting a storytelling show the same month. 
So I was like, well, I got to fucking kill this guy now. <laughs> and, um, uh, but we ended up uh, meeting up and um, hit it off uh, right away. And we we uh, scheduled our shows on alternating months so we would never step on each other's toes. Mm. And um, that's sort of how we, uh, that's the long story. I that's guess. very gentlemanly. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think, Tom? What did you did 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 Drew reach out to you? Uh, oh, I don't. I think I got his info and messaged him. But what did uh, what were you thinking? Fuck this guy. What's he doing? This is my no, town. Not, no, I mean, in a way, it kind of like I just was always surprised by that that a vacuum that such a vacuum existed in a city like Beacon mm-hmm. that has yeah. you know that, that that has so many things going on and just we we have you know. For a, a city of sixteen thousand people, I, I if there's a city that has more talented, creative people in it per capita, I'd love yeah. to know what it is. Yeah. Um. So, um. So it didn't surprise me that that vacuum might, you know, eventually get filled. Yeah. And um. You know, I, I would say a, a, a Drew was just very steeped into the storytelling world in New York City, mm-hmm. and I was not. I was listening to the shows. I had been to. Um, uh, some performances, but I had never done it uh, mm-hmm. in the city myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what Drew brought to the artichoke right out of the gate was um, a, a, a an understanding and a respect of the form uh-huh. and a desire to really do um, an elegant, um, thoughtful show that was funny Um in this nice environment, which is very different from a lot of the, you know, the, in in the city, a lot of show these the the smaller medium shows are just kind of in these gritty back rooms of bars. Yeah, I know. Of, you know <laughs> uh, right, and and so um, you know, so so what drew you know right out of the gate wanted to have an elegant production mm-hmm. uh, at the Howland really Center, which is a fabulous place. It's a mm-hmm. it's an institution, really. It's like an institution yeah. it's not like a bar or something like that it's a real theater and an institution and a gorgeous building beautiful yeah. beautiful yeah. it's a fabulous place to yeah. see a show um there so was, john it was, sounds like you feel like you learned something from oh, drew I, I that mean, you are you know, ha- uh, yeah. a good part of what i've learned about this form um comes from him mm-hmm. and from discussions that we've had that have been ongoing for, for mm-hmm. years now mm-hmm. and so he was enormously helpful to me um, in it, when I was doing my show, um, and setting it up. And, and that was just a big learning process for me. I, I had a lot of catching up to do on mm-hmm. the form. So and, you were you know, doing it at the, do- at the dogwood is or where were, where were I you doing the first one there? And then it became apparent that that was just not the right, um, you know, we needed you know, storytelling is a little bit more like theater in the sense that mm-hmm. you need a polite, but how um, many shows did, how long audience. did it take for you guys to join forces? A year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. really, the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, we kind of, we did a show together at the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. And by then, when I would go to shows in the city and people learned that I lived in Beacon, they all asked about the artichoke and they all just had such amazing things to say about it. And I kind of realized, I, I just thought that it made more sense for me to try to um, help Drew, if I could, with his show. Um, than to uh, continue doing mine. Ah, ah. So you guys join forces. And Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, one of the things that really, that I took away that really struck me um, after seeing so much performance in, 
in New York and urban areas and shit like that is the quality of the audience. Do you feel like that? What, like, how did that happen? Like, how do you get, like, what is, what is the secret sauce between, I mean, obviously, you're talking about two very different locations, Beacon, New York, and New York City area. So that's why they're different. But like, what is the components? What is the quality that makes those audiences so different? Like, what, what's the magic in there? Well, uh, I mean, I, I, a few things. As John said, you know, there was nothing like this up here. There were a few wonderful shows in the Hudson Valley, but not at, uh, not directly around us and in, in the neighboring towns or anything like that. And, and the people here, you know, in this town, like they pick up NPR and through their fillings. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, they, they were they were hungry for it. But I, when I started The Artichoke, I decided this is going to be a fun show. You know, mm-hmm. there, it's not going to be... Um, mm-hmm. I, I want it to be a fun date night out, really. Mm-hmm. It's, there's not going to be a lot of really poignant, you know, um, uh, uh, sad sob stories or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted humor and I wanted uh, our, our two main rules are it's got to be uh, funny and or uplifting. And I think that it's really just that's what the crowds want to hear, too. And, mm-hmm. and the audience really, really, really reacts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and we're, lu- we're we're lucky to get really great performers up here. You do. Because our they they know our audience is uh, is is one of the best. They're gonna they're gonna you know. Perform. I know. I was thinking that. I was thinking, God, this must be a privilege for these people to like. Yeah. Like people must love the performers. Must love it. Well, if if I could say one more thing, like so, one thing that when I when I started the show, one thing I really wanted to do, I'd done the Moth. I'd done all these shows in New York City. Yeah, you're a two-time Moth winner, right? Or yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Right, and and, um, and not to dump on any of these shows, but um, I wanted I wanted a sh- to have a show that would treat the performers the way I wanted to be treated, mm-hmm. you know. So we pay them, we mm-hmm. uh, they they we house them. We we have a, a, sh- a one of our chefs. We have chefs cook them dinner. One of them was a winner on Chopped, you know. Oh and, wow! Uh, yeah, so we treat the, uh, the the performers better than I think most shows do as well. So oh yeah. For sure. It's not hard to get a, a, whoever we want to come up here to come up here because, uh, you know, they know they're going to get treated well. Well, know? I think um, the reason for that, um, just on a very pragmatic level, is that you've got a room full of people paying 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would never happen yeah. in the city, right? Yeah. Everybody gets paid at my show, you know. And, so I don't uh, get to talk to collaborating teams that often. And I want to understand, like, what, where, 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 like, where you guys meet, meet as far as your tastes and how you influence each other and stuff like that. So, um, what I was going to say is, so, like, when it comes to picking the performers, how does that go? Well, well, I do all the booking, but John certainly has a lot of input, um, and and he has. Um, you know, I'll usually run performers by him uh, to get his thoughts on them, and um, in order to boost the quality of the show, um, uh, you know, th- we've always liked the show, but um, uh, you, you know, uh, John suggested we start. I've always booked people because they were performers I knew and right, going to yeah. do a quality story, but now we're sort of asking for stories first before performer interesting because of john that's interesting because john is also a writer he's published books yeah he's a real writer long form writer 
Yeah. Um, and we've also had so many of the same performers up over and over again. Yeah. It's time to branch out and bring why some don't you that, Why don't you tell the people the names of some of your, you know, well-known performers? Go ahead, guys. Talk it up. Come on. Well, you know, (laughs) well, you just had Christian Finnegan on your show. Yeah, Yeah, I know. He's amazing. Yeah, he's one. Cambry as well. Yeah. And Cambry Cruz. And who? I'm sorry. And Cambry. Cambry Cruz has been on. Who else? Um, Afira. Um, We, uh, the host of NPR's Ask Me Another. We had uh, Gianfranco uh, Ceresi is is really popping right now. John Marco. Yeah. I'm sorry, John Marco uh, yeah. Ceresi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, Gastor Almonte. Yep. Um, uh, so a lot of you've had, had Kevin. Of, you've had Kevin. Uh, oh, Kevin oh, Allison. Kevin Allison he's course, been on yeah. my show too. He's spe- he's spectacular. He's the guy that runs Risk People. Yeah. Okay. I, if you I, know I anything wonder- about storytelling, this is this is the real. This is this is this is the real yeah. deal. Have you ever thought about traveling or to expanding it in any way or yes <laughs> um uh, uh i i've been toying with the idea of doing sort of a, a hudson valley uh road show uh you know go up to woodstock and rhinebeck and all that kind of thing but mm-hmm. um i think the pandemic r- really made any kind of growth yeah. or expansion almost impossible i mean we just barely got by you know, mm. we were doing 25% capacity Real? shows uh, wow. with, with, you know, with Zoom and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, and, you know, so we're, and this is still a question, unfortunately, you know, the future is a little iffy. And, um, but we would certainly like to do more um, when that, the circumstances are, yeah. are lend themselves. Because it seems like you're sell out every month, right? We sell out every show. Yeah, every yeah. show or whatever. So it seems mm-hmm. like you could you could expand. Are you listening, HBO? Uh, <laughs> definitely not. They're definitely not listening. Or I don't know. But I shouldn't say that. I should say, they're, of course, they're um Sorry, Phil. My husband says I don't say enough good things about myself. So uh, anyway, uh, there I had a – that was just a total meltdown, counter-transference. Sorry. Um so um let's hear let's hear some dirt. Like what do you guys you guys are you guys are both big personalities. I mean, you know, I know it and you're both like very I mean, I know you're big personalities, okay? I don't know. I know John better than Drew. I know that John has like very I mean, he has you know, he's he has a lot of conviction about his ideas. I'm I'm certain of that, right? He knows what he likes. He knows, and I don't know about you, Drew. So, what do you guys argue about? Like, where there there's clashes, and clashes can be productive. So, tell tell me, have you guys ever socked each other in the face, like like Chris Rock and and not physically, <laughs> but you've had arguments. Like, what? Where, where's yeah. where's well, the I mean, where's the stress? Where's the tension? Oh. So, uh, by yeah, the way, I, Drew's starting to look look like uh, uh, angry, not angry, but like thoughtful. John's well, I, laughing. I, Drew looks thoughtful. Okay, go ahead. No, I, I mean I'm very much um, I, I'm very much uh, a control freak when it comes to this show. You know, it's very much my baby, and um, and I, I uh, so we've had we've had uh, uh, arguments here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, well, where, know, where, um, where do you compliment each other? How do you compliment each other creatively? Where do you differ and how are you the same? Can you talk about that? John, you have to say yeah. something. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that I yeah, I think that we've had um I um I mean maybe similar to like, you know, uh bands that have members that are famous sure. for fighting sometimes or you know, <laughs> but except that I think that there there was never a, a there's always been a, a a love and an understanding and a respect and I think that ultimately any of those discussions were really productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, you know, I think that there there's just been a process and especially during the difficult time of the pandemic when it's, you know, you just have to work that much harder yeah. to do a show and it's that much more difficult. And there are all these challenges. So and then you're and obviously you're not in your best you know, nerve spray and stuff yeah. like that. Sure. But I think that ultimately that's been a constructive process that has helped fine tune um, what a show is, mm-hmm. uh, what a, what makes a good story, mm-hmm. what are the different kinds of stories that maybe come together to make one complete mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I, 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 I hope that he would agree. Drew, that, that Drew just pointed, they, yeah, they, to John. They, so they, they, yeah, he does. He does. He does. Yeah, yeah, we have 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 made the show that much better. So, I can say one thing about this guy. Mm-hmm, pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad passed away two years ago, oh. and when I drove uh, back from Virginia, this dude was waiting on my lawn to give me a hug. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no matter, God! No what oh my have, God! I, I love this. I love this. Wow. Guy. We, we are wow. we are we are we're gonna we work through all of our differences and you know okay kids here's what respect, here's so. what we're learning about collaborating trust if you're gonna yeah. collaborate with somebody bottom line is trust and you guys have trust and and respect respect and di- yeah. respect yeah. so so it seems to me drew that you're the one who has like the most I'm gonna say classic background history development in the storytelling mm-hmm. world right yeah, yeah, and yeah. and john i know is coming more from you you studied acting is that right john or do you no, have acting no, i mean really my background i've been i've i've been a writer for 30 i was gonna years say writer actor long. but i mean i was gonna yeah. say you started with acting but i know you're you're most you're a writer that's how i think of you yes. as a writer um, so um you have a different perspective so um um, I, you know, so there's always like a narrative sensibility. And I think that um, I'm probably not the only writer who maybe at one point looked down their nose at storytelling. Oh, thought, interesting. You know, I think that I, I thought, oh, I, that being a writer is harder than being a storyteller. That was my, um, before until you start getting into the form. Uh-huh. And then realizing that it's absolutely not the same. There are things about being a writer that are helpful. There are things that that are not helpful at all. You know, the way that um, uh, if you just um, read something that you write, it's going to sound overwrought. It's going to mm. sound not natural, even though the writing might be very good. Mm. Um, it's not and, a fucking monologue, man. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And so a lot of that. So I think that, you know, maybe what I brought to it was that I had some narrative sense and I like to think that I had some kind of taste. Mm-hmm. But the in terms of the form, the form of it and the structure, I began learning all of that from Drew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, 
Um, yeah. So, and I'm going to ask Drew. So, Drew, you you know you've been mired in it, but John having a fresh eye, let's say. So, has he mm-hmm. he I know, I know you guys have influenced each other. So what has yeah. he influenced um, as far as you creatively? Or in, um, in your, in your you know, and I, when I say creatively, I mean your personal, personal work and your show, the whole thing, all your creative production. What do you think? Oh, he's thinking about it. He doesn't have an answer right off the top yeah. of his head. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, let's put him on the spot. Yeah, I, I think that there's something that I mean that, no. that comes okay. to mind for me, which is one of the things that that we often discuss, which is that um, the um, what, the the emotional impact of stories. You know, the first our first job that we 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 want to we want to be we we want to entertain our audience. We want it to be a fun night out. And I think that it's possible to also entertain an audience and to have a story that has real emotional richness to it. Yeah. And so I think that we had a back and forth for a long time. In, um, w- and I think that we've arrived at a good midpoint mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I, I think that Drew m- maybe was resistant to having stories that do, um, you know, go into uh, uh, challenging emotional territory. Oh, interesting oh that's so interesting but but i think that one one what we kind of arrived at was that i think that he the the first thing that he said on that subject that impressed me is that you can't have a story where it's like um you know i was molested by my grandfather the end (laughs) um we've all sat through those at other shows mm -hmm. too (laughs) like yeah it's so, you know, yeah. So we, we I think we kind of realized that, you you know, a story should end on an up note. Uh huh. Um, did you learn that, that or did that Drew it, teach you that? I, I, mean, you, I think that Drew made that point and it and I, and I, I just I, I absolutely accepted that face value. There's okay. no question. OK. That, that, and Drew, you've been yeah. wanting to say something. So your turn. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the general rule is if, you, if you're going to take the audience down a, a, a dark uh, down a slope or down a dark path. Leave them where you found them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. It's got to be up. It's got to have it. It's got to be uplifting in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that that's that's not a general rule of storytelling. That's just a rule for our show. Right. Like, right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't want to just bum everybody out and say goodnight. Right. Know? Right. Uh, right. Because right. you want to yeah. keep to. Yeah. You want it to be like a you don't want it to be performance arty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, all we, I can say. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't we, say we that. Had, uh, we had Ed Gavigan on the show, um, who is a moth. You know, he's mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. Olympian gods of, of the moth. Mm-hmm. He told a very famous story about um, being stabbed in a gang initiation on the moth. It's it's one of the most famous moth stories. But we wanted him on our show, and he's known for telling these really sort of poignant, gut wrenching, you know, stories. So we're like, we want you to do the artichoke, but you know, can you can you be funny? <laughs> and it was it was a challenge. And yeah, how did he, he do? He did great. Yeah. He was funny. He was funny. Probably loved the challenge. He probably loved the challenge. So you're a class, like I was saying, Drew, you're classically sort of trained in this area or whatever, self-educated, whatever, whatever it takes. So having John not, not, you know, coming in sort of fresh, has he, have he, did he change anything about the way that you do your work? Did he like, were you like, oh, this isn't in the rule book, but you know, it kind of works. Um, I don't know about creatively, uh, you know, but, but John has certainly made a lot of enhancements to the show. 
mm-hmm. um, uh, the, 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 the inner mechanics of the show. Yeah. Uh, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but John has been sort of this Quentin Tarantino of, uh, of uh, storytelling. Uh, you know, the guy who worked in the video store who, who just educated himself. On, you know, John just devoured mm-hmm. Risk and the Moth mm-hmm. and all of these things. And really, mm-hmm. um, I mean, in, mm-hmm. the, in the last three years, uh, I mean, it's just John's evolution as a storyteller has been, you know, really. Well, awesome. I was very impressed. I mean, he's I was amazing. very impressed. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, yeah, he's as good as it gets. Yeah. But um, so, Drew, can you respond to John saying, um, what did he say? He said something about that maybe he uh, pushed you a little bit with the emotional quality. Did you, what did you say, John? You said like you made him, you made him deal with the emotions more. Did you say something like that? Um, I like to think that I, 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 I maybe opened him up to consider um, a certain kind of story that can go into some rougher territory, but that is still, um, it, I would describe as an uplifting story. Okay. Sure. Can you respond sure. to that, Drew? Uh, yeah, I know. I, 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 I was in agreement in the end. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't a very fun argument, but uh, oh, it doesn't um, have was, to be. He was right. What I did not want is um, I did not want to be the moth, and I did not want to be risk. I want. I was trying to create a brand, and the the brand that I was trying to create was fun. You know, so I didn't want to. Uh, um, I, I wanted to stay away from. I didn't need just to be edgy for you know or right or whatever. Right, shocking. I, I needed, right. Yeah, yeah. You didn't want to be but, shocking but, for shock, but to. So what John was trying to say is that the absolute, and I think a lot of people's opinions, the absolute perfect tonic when it comes to storytelling is sad, but funny, you know, uh-huh, like uh, uh-huh. somebody going through a cancer treatment, but finding a way to laugh about it or something. Mm-hmm. That's just, there's just something magical mm-hmm. in that, you know? And, mm-hmm. and um, so I was in agreement with John there, but it just, it needs to have, you know, it needs so to you kind of worked that out together, made made yeah. made it probably a more compelling evening. So how about his people? So um, as far as being 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 uh, honest, because I'm all about this, even though I'm probably not very honest. I mean, I try to be honest with my feelings. So uh, this is all projection here on my part. Uh, this is all uh, you know counter transference. So uh, don't take any of this personally. So anyway, anybody. So the thing is, what I'm really curious about is what you think of each other as far as being emotionally aware and emotionally honest with yourselves and in your work and your storytelling. So comment on each other, please. Do you guys mind? No, you don't mind, do you? <laughs> Do you think uh, he pointed to Drew? Uh, he put, Drew pointed to John. So, John, do you think that? Do you think that um, Drew wrestles with who he is emotionally in his work? Because I think that's very common. Like, do you see that in him? Uh, that's a good question. I think that. Um, <laughs> Uh, Lisa, doesn't every artist wrestle with who they are? Yeah, I know. And do you see it? You guys know each other creatively. Uh, He's kind of, are you blushing? Is this too much? uh, John? John, is he blushing? Drew, you're sitting there. Uh, Is he blushing? Does he look really uncomfortable? I hope so. Well, I I mean, I have an answer for it. (laughs) Go ahead. um, But but this is John's perception of of, of my stuff. Um, I, I guess that I feel, um, I think that Drew and I would probably both agree that most storytellers 
actually have kind of one great story. It doesn't mean you can't have other stories, but they kind of come from some event maybe in your life. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I'm not sure that either one of us have gotten to that event in our respective lives. You mean Um, you mean literally circumstances? Are you talking about event and something that you're aware of or circumstances, something that you've gone through? I like I like to I think that it's possible to tell a very funny story and an entertaining story that does not um, um, that is not working on a deep emotional level. I think it's also possible to tell a story that's really funny and entertaining that does connect on some kind of deep emotional level. Mm-hmm. You know, there are there there are people in the storytelling world like Richard Cardillo is one who comes to mind where all of his stories really are operating. I think on that on that level, mm-hmm. and um, and and so I think that Drew might might uh, get to that level too, <laughs> if if uh, uh, so. Here I, you know, we've had discussions about about being closer to your emotions. You know, which yeah, is, that's, that's what I'm that's right. what I'm going yeah. for because it's guys they never talk about this shit. So <laughs> so any any anyway no so this is this is what I'm feeling and you guys tell me I'm feeling that John. Um, thinks that Drew could examine himself a little more emotionally. And and this is not any kind of... Look, you guys already get an A in emotional communications and awareness. That's the only reason I'm having this conversation with you. Mm -hmm. So you both win, really. You're both... I'm in awe of both of you, okay? For for your emotional communication. But I'm saying that I'm wondering if John... I'm, I'm, I'm imagining or I'm getting the perhaps feeling that John thinks that Drew doesn't deal with his emotions as directly as he might or might eventually come to do come to and Drew do you think that's possible does that make any sense and I want to know what you think about John because you may think the same thing about him are we are we talking in, a, in our art? No, I'm talking in, about as human, you know, when you guys are hanging out, you guys know each other really well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. John's, John's seen me uh, uh, lose my shit more than once. Yeah, yeah. You've cried. <laughs> yeah, you've lost yeah. your shit. You, you've seen each yeah. other like your worst. You know, you guys know each other. Your best, your worst. You guys have yeah. trust. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I'm asking you, because you guys can talk about this. But you know what's really interesting, folks, is I'm feeling like I'm making them uncomfortable, which is my whole goal in life. And this is what's so interesting is that they are really close. They know each other and it's still uncomfortable. Isn't that interesting? I mean, is it uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I don't want to comment on uh, on uh, how I uh, the inner machinations of John Blesso. You know, um, uh, you know he's a he's a great guy. You know, um, I love him. Um, uh, as for um, uh, our, our 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 stories that we do live, we're very different storytellers um, in uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I. I uh, I, I I I did you know stand up comedy and oh you started comedy. out as stand up oh you yeah, have a I comedy out, background I like to tell funny stories oh and okay I have very few sort of um, I don't dig into the emotional well very much into into my in my stories like you know I have one about my dad uh, you know going to Mount Everest with my dad uh, that wow. um, that that 
you know, uh, is, is, is tough for me to get through, but, but most of my stories are sort of just geared towards laughs, you know? Uh, um, I see. And, I see. And, Where and you? John will tell, yeah, John will tell, uh, if you don't mind, um, John will tell just, uh, uh, some more sort of emotionally resonant stories from his childhood, but he'll also go for laughs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but we're very different storytellers and that's the wonderful thing about this art form right. is there are a lot of teachers out there, but they'll teach you how to tell stories like how they tell stories. Everybody has a different flavor. Right. You know? And you guys actually sound like the way that I know, I did make you uncomfortable, which I, should I apologize <laughs> for that? I'm not sure. I think that's part of my goal. I don't know. I think that we, that, that you guys signed up for that. But, um, anyway, um, I don't want to make it, you, I want you to have fun. The show. <laughs> Um, this is the title show Dr. Lisa Gives You Shit. <laughs> yeah, it should be. I feel comfortable with you guys. That's what happened. I feel t- I got too comfortable. So um, the thing is, is that um, I think you guys are such a great combination. This is my sense right now, because I think like if I just went to, uh, sh- uh, you know, uh, a show by John, I'd walk out going, oh, man. <laughs> and if I would went to... Uh, 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 a show by Drew, I might go, well, that was fun. Let's go get ice cream. And like, I might not, you know, I might not like, it may not like, you know, like I'd have to go home and, you know, read, read a yeah. depressing book to get back to myself. Cause I'm naturally depressed anyway, but um, I would have <laughs> forgotten who you're great. In the, you guys, yeah. John alone and during a pandemic would have been a disaster. I mean, John's, John's <laughs> sh- storytelling show during a, pandemic no no thank you you guys are a great combination and i kind of get why yeah yeah i think that that tension ultimately um makes for a more dynamic and interesting show because you know bear in mind you know we we at at the howland there's Mm -hmm. there's 120 people there and you know um one person's favorite story and there's going to be six storytellers right so one person's favorite story of that night is likely going to be some other person's least favorite story. Sure, of course. Um, you know, and and so people, um, uh, you, both, both on, with a good show, we can kind of deliver the goods for everyone. Right, you know, right. We, we, I, ideally, we would like them to like all of the stories, but they might all have different favorites or different ones that really did it for them. Right, and so right. It, you know, um, and and I, I think that that um, that kind of tension actually helps create um that uh that range and dynamism in a show you Uh, know um i was gonna say that um i think that the thing that you guys like my guess as to what you really have in common is a sense of quality and a love for storytelling and that drive Mm -hmm. and that like sense of what what is real top quality i think that's what you have in common yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's key. Okay. We learned that <laughs> key. We don't work. Do what we like very much, uh, you know. Um, right. And you, you both share that goal. So when you disagree, which you should, anybody, I mean, that's part of it, collaborating, is that um, you disagree, but you also know that that other person has a sense of quality. So the reason you're disagreeing isn't cause like, is I mean you've got a baseline. It's like you respect their taste. Like it isn't like they're trying to make it shitty. You know they're not sure. gonna make it shitty. 
They're not going to try to make it shitty. They have a different point of view, come from a different place. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So, um, you know, so I wanted to ask you, so I'm really, you know, now that that I've made you uncomfortable, I'm really going to go for it. So um, (laughs) here's something. I warn these guys about it. Okay, so they're both like good looking, you know, happening dudes living in Beacon, right? And John, they're both, John is single, and Drew has had a girlfriend for a year, and they're both like late 40s sort of things. So it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that late 40s is way before I got married. So I mean, you know, that's normal to me that they're not married or anything like that. Um, and they've never been married. So I just want to hear about like, like what's going on with that. I have to find out. I have to find out. So anyway, um, so Drew, you do have a girlfriend that you're very, you, you guys are crazy. It sounds like you're really, like that's oh, yeah, a solid thing, right? She's probably listening right now. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, you're yeah. in a solid John's thing. probably the best person to talk to. <laughs> but you guys probably has, had some time together, probably at least a couple of years where you were both single, right? Oh, many years. So what yeah. was, I missed all the fun. What was that like? I would have liked to have been, been, been your wingman for that one. What happened there? Did you guys, <laughs> did you guys date a lot or what was going on? Or did you talk about chicks or was that part, the fact that you were single, did that enter into, how did that, was that part of, what was, what's the deal there? You know what I'm asking. It, 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 I, um, I'm sorry to say that I don't think that that was really that big of a part of it. I mean, that's a part of our lives that we, we talked about, um, you know, quite a bit, but in terms of the show that I, I think we, we just really both wanted to, to, to bring this form to, to Beacon. Right. Right. So you weren't out, like, I know you weren't like out going to meet women, but you guys must have been dating. Like you must have, I know what it's like to have a good friend. Oh yeah. And you, when you go through cycles with women or, or for you women, and I know what that's like. So I'm saying you guys must have, um, John, you got to step up to the plate. Actually, this is great that Drew has a partner because you know I, I don't know why I, why it's so important to have a partner anyway. But you know, well, but anyway, so you guys must have been through this together, right? Did you go? Did was that? Yeah, man. Did you deal with that a lot? The D- crazy chicks. Here, dating around here isn't easy because it's a, first of all, Beacon's a small town, so I never wanted to date anybody in Beacon. But if, when you pull up like a dating app. Uh, you, you swipe, you know, you swipe mm-hmm. a, a few times and then it says, uh, that's it. You know? <laughs> so, um, so I remember I, I would have to date, I was dating women in the city mostly, which was, uh, you know, really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. yeah I've been yeah, there. Long, <laughs> been there on long, both sides. Long, yeah. Long drive, man. And, um, John, you know, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> where do you begin? Yeah, it's it's you know dating is different in Beacon or in the Hudson Valley than in New York City uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And um, um, it, uh, and and I think that well, I was also I was I I I had renovated a building in in um, in East Williamsburg that I had for eleven years, and um, I finally parted ways with that building just just last year mm-hmm. you sold I it think they're on some some level 
maybe um, I, I, um, my, my romantic life, is, I, it, maybe part of that went with that building. Um, this guy know, goes on dates all the time. The he does. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who, 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 who dated? Who dated more when? I mean, when you guys weren't? I mean, Drew's not single anymore. But when you guys were single, who who dated more? I, John. John. John was more involved with dating. John was in the city a lot more, so you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely John. Drew, do you but think yeah, John were, wants were, to settle were, down? Do you think he wants to? Oh, do you want me to answer this? Yeah, sure. No. He doesn't, <laughs> right? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, he no, has I'm, fun, I'm right? I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're not. Uh, or maybe you are. I don't know. But what maybe, do you think? Like, he's a busy guy. He doesn't, yeah. maybe he doesn't. Like, what, I, what I'm also trying to say is not everybody has to be in a relationship. Maybe yeah. he, he seems like a f- happy guy. You know, he's got a lot going on. Or what do you think? Like, what do you think? What do you think? I, I, I was honestly joking, joking there. I do think that John is is, is uh, would very much uh, want to settle down with the right person. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely do believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, am I right? Yes. Yes. So yes. So are this yeah. is so rude of me. Are there any? You don't have to answer this. Are there any patterns that you see, Drew? Can we help John here? Are there any patterns? <laughs> Um, I, quite honestly, I haven't met a lot of the women that he's dated. Ah. So, uh, yeah, only a, only a handful. Well, a handful is a good amount. That's a lot more than <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Do the, are they similar in any way? Um, I, I I'm only thinking of two, and I don't think that yeah. they were too similar. Um, no, they were they were they were nice, um, smart. People, yeah. See, this guy's not going to give you any dirt. He's too, okay, he's too, he's too nice. Okay, he's too nice. so when things don't work out, let's say you're, you're. I'm hearing Drew that from you, Drew, that John is interested in a relationship. So assuming yeah, that's that. true, so yeah. there is there a pattern why things don't work out with him? Like, is it the same? Is there a pattern? Is it like? Gets, does he go on a bender and just start? No, does it get to a certain point the- <laughs> where like he's got some Michigas from like his mother and then that kicks in and it doesn't work out or do you do they all end the same way or anything like that? I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this. Um, and, and man, this is going to be the most this is going to be the most boring answer. But this dude has been a total gentleman to every I, woman that he's ended a relationship. I have no with. doubt. I don't. I don't like, have a like doubt. just. I, he's never said a bad word. Uh, like legitimately, I'm not just saying uh, that because he's on the air. Uh, do you believe him though? No, I think he's full of shit. I think he's full of rage <laughs> and, and misogyny. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's, so he's, he's a, just really respectful and like. He he's just he really, really that respectful. Interesting. John really is. And, and interesting. Um, yeah. And and you know, I mean, I I was I've been single for my more of my adult life than I've been with someone. So John and I are a lot alike in that respect. But mm-hmm. I very much wanted to be with someone and I've found somebody I would like to uh be with in the for the long haul. And mm-hmm. um and I'm you know, it's just uh, some of us don't find it um uh as early as we would like you know well you know if i had another hour i would totally like be going down the rabbit <laughs> hole with john and talking about his parents so we would get to the bottom of this but i don't have time right now so um drew you yeah. started dating somebody during the pandemic yeah so do yeah. you think john 
Do you think that the pandemic in, um, uh, uh, influenced Drew into like being more relationship oriented or getting into relationship or had anything to do with why he wound up in a relationship? It probably didn't hurt on some level. Um, you know, he um, well, first of all, I'll tell you that um, uh, that his girlfriend, Karen, is, is a terrific person. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's that that's worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I think that maybe um, uh, the pandemic has I mean, it forced me, you know, I, I made a, a work life decision about moving on from uh, that property. And, you know, and I think that wait, for, wait, the I, property, I, you mean moving out of South Williamsburg? Yep. Okay. And um, go ahead. Yeah. The uh, maybe for both of us, I think that it's for me. It, it it's made me want to strip certain things away, and I think that it's not a coincidence that that happened during like during the process of also trying to better hone storytelling because it's really the most basic art form. Mm. You know, there's it's 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 perhaps the oldest mm, art form for there's sure. No, you know, you don't need any equipment or there's no musical instruments. And you're really just kind of stripping away to, to the bare essence of something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess there's a part of me that likes to think that I'm doing that in in other parts of my life as well. Um, you know, that, like getting to where to live where I really want to live and work in the way that I really want to work. Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I'd, I'd like to think that that's happening in that mm-hmm. department as well. But do you think that do you think like Drew just like realized like, man, if I don't hook up now, this is what it's going to be like forever. This is so this is this is like fucked up. There's no people around. We can't go out. The world is coming to an end. I better find somebody. No. Uh, do you do you no. think they? Why, why? Was it the timing? Was it the woman? Why? Why did why did he finally? Why did he finally get into a relationship? I think it took him until now to meet Karen. And um, yeah, I don't I, I you know, I I. I, I think something that I, I, I would like to think is maybe true of both of us is that I think that we both have rich um, uh, lives that we have, we have hobbies and things that we enjoy and people that we love. And um, I don't think that either one of us defines ourselves by, you know, by this thing, um, by, you know, being in a relationship. Right, right, right. It's uh, not your priority. I get it. I get it. Yeah, well, no. Or I mean, it it's not a, that it's not important. It's just that it's not the most It's not important. an incomplete identity right. without it. Very Is well that, put. Very, very well yeah, put. Mm-hmm. John, what do you think is different about Karen that, or why do you think, um, uh, what do you, why do you think it worked out or it's working out? What do you think it is? Is it, she's really hot? She's really hot. Is that it? I had to say that Karen is very pretty. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think met that, her. I don't. I don't think that. Yeah, you met her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that, like, what I see with with in most of the relationships that I admire and that I think you know are really going great, there usually seems to be a, a powerful yin yang factor. Uh huh. And um, I think that they've got that in spades. Really? And uh, so, where's the yin and yang? I want to see if Drew Drew guess if Drew thought of it. I want to see if this makes sense to Drew. Because I, I trust I you more. You're more trustworthy than he is. Uh, we all are about our, our friends know us better than we know ourselves in certain ways. Uh, I think that there is a I think that Drew brings a a, a a spontaneity and a funness and a sense of adventure in certain departments. And Karen brings a more uh, deliberative focus 
um, uh, an organized intensity. So uh, she's an adult. <laughs> a answer. <Yeah>. <laughs> what <laughs> does she do? What does she do? Oh, man. Uh, she is an ethnographer and empathy expert. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> okay. If, you, if you're, if you're in a, if you're a person who um, has had many disastrous relationships, uh, date an empathy expert. What does they, that even they, mean? I, I mean, I mean, I'm sort of in the field. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It's um, uh, uh, he, he, she just teaches you how to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You know, it's not a lot of kumbaya shit. It's a, uh, it's, um, you know, she teaches corporations and, ah. and uh, people, you know, how to just how to look at things from somebody else's perspective. You know, oh, so it's mostly in a corporate level. No, she does a, a lot. A lot of her uh, um, a lot of her um, clients are, are, you know, individuals. Uh, why would some like that? Why would somebody yeah. go to an like how would one how would one be? Um, self-aware and critical enough to say, I need an empathy expert. That's what I want to know. Well, she does a lot of conflict resolution stuff too. You know, um, a lot of people and companies have uh, teams of people who just don't get along and can't, you know, see, and she just gets them in a room together and gets them to okay, shut up. Okay, that makes sense. But on a personal level, like if you were, it, she sounds like a therapist, right? Uh, I mean, there is that element of one-on-one therapy, right? Yeah. Is there? So who who would say I'm not empathetic enough? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, just one wonderful thing is that uh, she has been more patient with me and some of my bullshit uh, than any person in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what has been made things you know, really work is, you know, I, I have horrible ADD, which has driven every woman I've ever dated nuts. John's smiling because he knows it very well. It's really annoying, right? And, um, I know. And, and she's able to sort of get in my brain and just say like, okay, that's how your brain is wired. It's okay. Like, let's, you know, and I'm like, no one's ever said that to me. <laughs> uh, so she just and, like sees who you are and lets you be you. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. That's and great. Uh, it's, it's, it's terrific. It's, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's been great. And, um, we compliment each other in a lot of ways. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, uh, John, what do you think Drew is, Drew is, what, what do you imagine? Does she need Drew to like chill her out or? Oh, what, what, what what's does, Drew bringing what, to the party? I um, want an empathy expert and I want to marry an empathy expert. No, I yeah. mean, no, what, it, what is Drew must be, bringing like fun and relaxing what does he bring to drew is one of the most interesting guys i've ever met mm-hmm. he's one, he's yeah i guess that's probably enough right you, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean he you know just aside from the storytelling you know i've learned how to both cure meat and make sausage oh him. wow yeah. really I mean, just yeah and so it, it, it's um he, he's just one of the most curious and um interested uh people that i've ever met and wow, I, I, I think that that's a great thing to bring into any relationship, you know. Oh, wow. So maybe or, some women. Um, so your girlfriend, probably Karen, probably focuses on that. You know what I mean? Like, likes, we, I she, think likes, we're, she likes cured meat a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, look, she's really into charcuterie. So yeah, that's how I got her. <laughs> relationships are really hard. And um, it does 
we ideal we are sold idealized versions of them and we all have to uh do a lot of we all have to have patience including myself and i'm sorry phil i really should have more see i'm getting something out of this i gotta learn to be more patient too i gotta be i gotta be a more patient partner myself so there we go that's what i got out of it we have uh Three and a half minutes left. Um, I this is so fun, you guys. You guys are great. I um, I I want you know what? Let's let's talk about your show. And you're having a show in May. Do yeah. do your do your wrap us tell, wrap up. Tell us what we need to know about what you guys are working on and where to go and what to get and all that. Sure. Um, uh, uh, May fourteenth, we have uh, another artichoke show. We have six people. Lined up, we have um, Jess Solomon, who's a comic who's been on, um, uh, uh, not Jimmy Kimmel, um, the, the Jimmy Fallon. Uh, mm-hmm. She's um, been opening up for Patton Oswalt on wow. his, the New York leg of his most recent tour. Wow. Um, so we're really excited to have her. We have um, uh, 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 Adam Lynn, who's a big Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty big in the storytelling world. We uh, 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 Michael uh, Andrew McGill, who's a, a host mm-hmm. of The Moth mm-hmm. in the city a lot oh, of wow. people might know of. And um, Adam Seltz, our friend Adam Seltz. I love him. Uh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Uh, he's a friend of mine, too. Yeah. Really? He's going to be on that funniest, show? Yeah, he's one of the funniest storytellers in New him. York City. Yeah, and, he's, he's great. And uh, anybody uh, who can't make it to Beacon can watch the show a, a day later. Uh, you can buy a video, buy the video, and we um, we have a multi camera setup with titles and an opening sequence. It's like a TV show. So uh, you know, um, if anybody's interested, uh, you can get tickets and info at artichokeshow.com um, or uh, uh, check out our Instagram, which is um, uh, uh, shit Ar- uh, artichoke show at artichoke show, I believe. Um, I, did I, I write that. it down? Let me see. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway. Um, you know what, guys? Um, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, this is what I was going to say. I also have it on my Facebook page. So if you, if you listeners can always go to my Facebook page and look for the post about these guys, and, and all the information is there. So oh, all of our videos are up on uh, our YouTube channel, which you can find on our website as well. There, there you go. There you go. So I'm going to have. I have a minute and fifteen seconds, and I'm just going to try and uh, shove the rest of the re- information in here for you. I'm here every Thursday, two to three. I have a huge archive. If you go to uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, look up Le- Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Um, I also want to um, remind you that, you know, I, for- I-, I forgot in the beginning I wanted to tell you about this. We're having a real show, like a, like a live music show um, on um on uh, May 20th. So when you get back, come to, you know, from Beacon, come to our show. That's on a Friday. So it's at uh, Bar Frida, 801 Seneca Avenue, Ridgewood, Queens. Um, it's got great bands, Seventh Grade Girl Fight, Dirt Bikes, Barrett, and Castle Black. Um, also, my friend Adam Amram has a great show at Mother Gallery. It's still up to the 24th, and you should go see it. Okay, Mother Gallery and Beacon, 1154 North Avenue. Thanks for listening. and. St-